Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Bargery. In this episode of the show, I'm looking at website optimization and looking a bit beyond the standard website analytics package like GA and what that can teach you around how to improve the performance of your website and going to that next level of really understanding the human condition through using neuroscience and neuromarketing techniques. Now, of course, that's not my area of expertise. And if you've listened to the show before, you'll know that I always invite experts on to explore a topic area. And in this area, there's no finer expert than Louisa Dunbar, who runs Orange Grove Designs, a web development design and optimization agency based in the UK. So if you're looking to make your website work harder for you, hopefully you'll enjoy listening to this show. Louisa, good morning. How are you doing today? Good morning. I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. I'm okay. Thanks for coming on to the show. I am excited to talk to you about an area of marketing that I think could be very impactful or should be very impactful, which is basically understanding our audiences so we can create effective marketing. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so I guess to briefly uh, introduce you, you're the founder, I think, of Orange Grove, um, a, how would we best describe you? A company that helps your clients to understand their audiences so they can optimize their websites. Is that really shortly underselling you but (laughs) no you've summed it up that's that's quite nice (laughs) okay perfect good and what we what I was hoping to explore with you today is to look at well what is it that you do that helps you to understand those audiences and I know that you use uh, neuroscience technologies and techniques to really help you get under the skin of your customers target audiences so it'd be great to unpack that a little bit and then to have a think about you know, what are those kind of marketing challenges that your clients come up to you and say, Louisa, I'm really struggling with this. Um, how can you help me to overcome that? Sounds good. Excellent. Okay, good. Good. We're in the right place then. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about neuroscience then. So what, what is neuroscience and what are the kind of techniques that you use at Orange Grove to to get under the skin of your customers? Yeah, well, we like to call it neuromarketing really because I think the word neuromarketing better summarizes the, the two aspects of it. So there's the the, the aspect that, that incorporates behavioral science. It's the understanding of how our brain works, how we make decisions and all that side of it. And, and yeah, what, you know, getting to grips with the motivations and, and all of that of, of the, the people we're um, trying to understand, the audiences. Um, and then there's the, um, the more practical ways we can gather that sort of information and where we can really kind of uncover the the insights that are the most tricky, the subconscious actions that our audience are um, are performing, basically. So, yeah, we use behavioral science for the sort of deeper understanding. And then for the practical side, we use the neuroscience techniques um, such as EEG. Um, we use eye tracking, GSR, galvanic skin response, which is... Um, you know, tracking the perspiration levels and that type of thing. Okay, yeah. Um, to to basically monitor our reactions and and our, our body's sort of implicit reactions and, and and to give us the insight into you know what those users are really feeling at certain times of sort of interacting with the website. So yeah, okay. we are very focused on 
websites um, and you know neuromarketing is quite common in the fields of um, you know the more consumer retail side of things so you know if you're like a secret shopper type of thing and going in and looking at a display in a shop and, and seeing where the eye is drawn so they use you know eye tracking mainly for that so yeah we're, we're bringing it to the web and um, you know applying it to user user testing and usability testing so that we can really get those insights from that that we were previously not able to uncover because it's the subconscious decision making <laughs> and the subconscious reactions that um we're we're trying to uncover the the, the deepest insights from got you and, and i've seen the eye tracking used not so much in retail but in kind of ad testing and a colleague friend of mine runs an agency that they do a lot of eye tracking studies on outdoor creative to see whether the creative matches the client's brief so mm-hmm. is the brand in the right place is it prominent enough for example yeah absolutely so yeah. i've seen that i haven't come across i'm going to say this wrong probably galvanic skin response did you say so that sounds really interesting and mm-hmm. and it sounds to me like you might be kind of compounding a few different techniques together to to really get to the to, yeah. to some insight that's the key you have to really i mean eye, eye tracking can be used on its own and it gives some insights but it, it is needed to be used in conjunction with things like um gsr and eeg so that we can see where what the user is looking at at the time they are experiencing that physical response um mm. so you know that it's about pairing up the data essentially so it's, it's really important to combine it so what so i think you said eeg twice there for the uninitiated which includes myself what's eeg so it's electroencephalography <laughs> and it's you might have seen it it's the headsets that you yeah. get to basically monitor brain waves um and, and what's going on in 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 the brain and, and what reactions are happening at the time at the time so yeah there's there's fmri as well which which is used in in some in some sort of neuromarketing techniques and and that's functional mri so you've heard of mri scanners of where course. you know for for medical purposes it's the same sort of thing but this is a functional mri so you are able to perform an action like um taste uh, you know some wine or something and they have done wine studies in this so um and basically to to monitor what kind of response your your brain is having at that particular point in time so so we don't use fmri here i mean you know maybe one day in the future but at the moment it's quite prohibitively expensive i'm sure um, for, for most brands but um and also not quite right for our our purpose but yeah there's there's loads of studies going on it's a big field loads of possibilities um and yeah we, we we've obviously seen great uh results from the, the studies we've performed um and yeah keen to roll it out far and wide mm, i'm sure and it's interesting what you were saying about layering up the data because obviously you've got different uh, neuro techniques here to understand how the brain mm. is appreciating a website shall we say mm. but do you use other more traditional data collection techniques so for example just a standard analytics package to collect some insight and and put that into your data model absolutely yeah i mean analytics data is is the sort of the the basics that, that we have to have in this kind of research. Yeah. And we always start off with, you know, a kind of heuristics review, an expert review, um, and, and you know, sometimes just basic usability testing, as, as it has always been. And then we sort of build up to the, the neuromarketing 
Um, but yeah, that analytics review is, is key because we need to get an understanding of where the user might be having troubles first. And then we can tailor those bigger, wider tests, um, in, which involve the neuromarketing to really drill down into, right, what exactly is going on on this page? We can see people are leaving it. We can see people are bouncing off, but why? Um, so yeah, combining the eye tracking yeah, yeah. with the other techniques, then yeah, we can we can really drill into why. And obviously, we'll have we'll have a bit of an idea maybe from our own experience. But it's um, you know we we have been proved to be wrong in the past. So you know <laughs> that's why these these wider tests are important especially if there's a lot of state you know brands who you know have you know millions of visitors um and you want to change one tiny thing you want to make sure it's the right thing that you're changing uh, okay you, you can do a b testing but but still you want to try and get it right as early on as possible because it could be the difference you know millions of pounds so yeah it's it's um that that's what all of this is for and, and how it all sort of comes together so the analytics insights might give you the clue for where to start mm. digging a bit deeper. Exactly. That's and then right, you yeah. use the neuroscience techniques to dig deeper or neuromarketing techniques to dig deeper and really try and unearth those mm. challenges or opportunities, I suppose, for improvement. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's just more in tune. So we have a, a mission here to make the web a more um, human-centred, user-friendly and accessible place. And that, that human-centred aspect is, is really, really important to us um, in, in a lot of respects. And this obviously goes really nicely with that because it reminds us that the users are individuals <laughs> and they have their own personal motivations. So they might not be coming onto the site to buy a shoe, for example. They're, they're, they've got a deeper reason for that. So it's about understanding what those motivations are, what those drivers are, and then, you know, looking for that deeper insight and then how they make decisions and bringing that all together for a really human-centered website. And that's, I think, the future. We already see it with brands like, you know, McDonald's and John Lewis and, and all of that, you know, from a an advert point of view, going back to what you're saying on adverts. And, you know, it's all about that emotional connection now. And it's really important. Brands, brands nowadays, if they want to stand out, they they need to start connecting better with their audiences. So yeah, everything that we do is about helping them understand their audience on the way that they're going to feel best connected with, and then uh, applying the recommendations or mm. you know to actually meet them where they need to be met in order to get the results. And it's it's yeah. Um, so I think it's really exciting, and it's it's. The future for me, I, I can't see, you know, for wider marketing, not just websites, it's, it's the future. Yeah, and, and I had somebody on the show talking about human-centered marketing previously as well. And I think in the purest sense of the of the meaning of marketing, it's, you know, putting the customer at the heart of your decision-making, right? So we really do need to know who our customer is and what flicks their switch and what it is that makes them want to buy and not want to buy. And so I totally get that. And and with the importance of online properties these days, whether it's a website or other digital channels, it, it really is something that I think brands need to invest in, isn't it? Um, it's interesting that you referenced McDee's and uh, McAdee's and John Lewis there as being human centered. And I think John Lewis have, have become masters at 
building that emotional connection around the brand over the years, haven't they, with all their Christmas adverts? Um, yeah. yeah. They really get their audience and they know what they like. They play to it. Yeah, um, they so totally no, do. It's, it, yeah, and it's right. It does. It hits the right mark. Um, McDonald's is, yeah, I mean, not everyone's taste, but it's it, their, their adverts, you you look at them in a different way now and, you know, they just – Sometimes it surprises you that it's a McDonald's advert because of how they're angling it nowadays. But it's, yeah, they, they do hit the mark really nicely. Yeah, I think it's hard, even if you don't like the McDonald's product, if you're in marketing, it's hard not to admire the quality of mm. the marketing and the communications exactly. that they put out. Mm. I do like a McDonald's every now and again, sort of a guilty <laughs> little secret there. <laughs> but there we go. So, what kind of challenges do marketers come to you with and, and look for help with then? So typically, what are they struggling with? Yeah, it can be anything from quite generic, uh, like we know our website has usability problems. We know that the navigation is is difficult and it's not where it want, where we want it to be. So that can be quite a generic one. And they come to us with that really vague starting point. But it's a great starting point, actually, because it gives us lots of scope. And we like getting, you know, uncovering the data and finding the real issues and putting forward the recommendations. Um, and then you get others who are, you know, they know what's wrong. Um, they say, right, this page, we're losing a lot of people on it. We, it needs to be improved. How do we optimize it? And yeah, so it's, it's all about essentially getting leads or getting sales or getting subscriptions, there's always going to be a conversion that needs to be optimized. And that's always going to be the crux of what anyone coming to us is, is you know, looking to, to improve. So is that, gen, is that generally then consumer brands or e-commerce channel or brands, for no. example? No. I mean, e-commerce is definitely one, but there's, uh, for example, we do a lot of work with charities um, because they, you know, very... It's very important for them, the fundraising aspect mm. um, and, you know, whether that's increasing donations or or just getting more people to fundraise for them. There's there's big focus there. But also, you know, software as a service, those those websites, anyone, um, you know, trying to encourage subscriptions. There's lots of, you know, that, that kind of um, uh, those kind of businesses. Uh, could definitely benefit from this but you know there's even the b2b's you know anywhere where you're if you're trying to drive inquiries or just you know they have a contact form and it is important that you hit a certain mark or you're looking to increase it to a certain you know you you want to improve your your leads by 50 percent next year or something like that then we're going to have to do a lot of investigation work to see how we can help you achieve that basically so that's um, yeah, it can really, unless you just have a brochure site and you're not too bothered. That Those are the people we don't really work with. But yeah, people who have real strong sales figures that they want to they wanna hit, that, that's sales targets rather. Yeah, that makes sense. Any any website with a conversion uh, goal, I suppose, is, is of relevance. Exactly. And, and I imagine that a lot of clients come to you and they've tried a lot of stuff uh, using their analytics package, doing A-B testing, maybe multivariate testing, moving the needle a little bit, but not really seeing the results they were expecting or hoping for mm. and, and looking for something else to try. Yeah, we've, we've had... We've had uh, brands come to us and they have an in-house conversion team and they're just sort of at a point where they're, they've almost run out of ideas and they're looking for a fresh approach and something to kind of feed their 
you know, their tests essentially and, and a way to optimize it. And also an outside perspective because, you know, when you're so focused on a brand, it you can be very one tracked. So, you know, we, we have, yeah, definitely been approached and worked with brands where, yeah, they're looking for an outside perspective and something different. They like the neuromarketing approach. Um, so, yeah, there's there's definitely that aspect as well. I'm I'm tempted just to just to go back a little bit whilst we're on analytics, just to get your opinion on the shift to GA4 and see whether that's causing you any headaches or whether you've seen clients on that transition and whether how that has helped or or, or negatively impacted them. Right? I think it's more yeah impacted clients um, rather than us. You yeah. know we're, we're quite adaptable with with stuff like that and have been you know keeping an eye on it for <laughs> was it a couple of years now so. Um, so yeah, there's uh, you know from A/B testing point of view, there is uh, they're, they're they're shutting down um, Google Optimize, so that's proved a little tricky, and we you know can can shift away from that though. That's fine, but but no, overall it's it's not too bad. You know everything changes in this industry, so you've just got to be adaptable <laughs> <laughs> and changes regularly, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if you were looking to make your website perform better what are those kind of quick wins that you see clients that are coming in doing some of your research are there are there obvious things that stand out you know there's always a color or always a layout or something that you you, you can just see straight off the bat and then your science just backs it up and says yeah actually you know what we always see this and mm. I, I reference my friend who does the eye tracking studies for ad pre-testing you know mm. i remember him saying to me he's looked at so many ads now he can tell what the result of the eye tracking study will be before he's even done it because he's he knows the impact of it yeah i wonder if you've got a similar sort of experience given what you've been up to for so long yeah i mean my interest at the moment is the the home pages uh, to be honest and I can just look at a homepage and go, oh God, <laughs> or, you know, there's, or, or, or yes, there's loads we can do here. And I, I mean, to be honest, the, the change that a, uh, a tweak of that value proposition can make um, so that, you know, just being really clear on what you do, who you do it for, what your USP is. Um, and yeah, I think that was it. But uh, yeah, so just making that super clear, but also in, including that emotional aspect um, if it's if it's um, relevant for your brand, uh, and and just it's about hooking the user in. It's about reducing that bounce rate when when people first come onto the homepage and and making sure it connects with them and they they feel like they want to carry on that journey. So that can make a huge difference. And you know I appreciate it. I can't. It's not a I'll just change the color to purple or whatever. But <laughs> but no, that's um, that is a big one for me. And videos having a video on the homepage is it's really useful <laughs> yeah, right okay that's a good yeah. that's a good tip <laughs> <laughs> make it a personal one though not too salesy don't make them salesy <laughs> <laughs> okay good to know and uh, i guess off the back of that i suppose thinking about the volume of traffic you might want to see through a study to get some realistic results this isn't something that a brand with a thousand or so visitors a month can do and you need to have a decent chunk of traffic through a site I guess, hopefully you can correct me if I'm wrong, to really get any strong insights out of the data. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm trying to remember the figure off the top of my head. I mean, it, it depends on the brand and the period of time we're doing the, the test for. But yeah, you, you can't do it, you know, if you're, if you're getting, you know, 
2,000 visitors a month to your site, then that's going to be too low. Um, yeah, it really does need to be a good chunk of visitors. But, you know, if, if you're not getting that, okay, you, it, it does rule out A-B testing, but it doesn't mean all hope is lost. There are other ways of, you know, testing something before it goes live because you know you still even if you don't have a lot of people visiting your website small changes can still make a big difference to you you might have high ticket items for example Mm. or or whatever so you want to make sure that the decisions you make and the changes you make to your website are you know going to not make and have a negative impact on it so yeah it's absolutely about you know testing it so you can do user testing usability testing and and make sure that it's more than likely going to be received well um and making me tweaks so yeah all hope is not lost if you don't have loads of visitors there's still stuff you can do okay mm-hmm. good yeah. and i also want to go back to that emotion we were talking about in reference to uh, mac D's and, and john lewis and a, a term i think that's used quite a lot in conjunction with emotion is storytelling or at least it has over the last mm-hmm. few years and I'm getting a sense that that's something that you might be able to help with. We're talking about value props there as well in terms of what do we do for who and why should they care? So mm. is part of the advantage of taking this approach is that you can understand, you know, what messages people are responding to and, and the kind of stories and journeys you're taking them on as to what's effective or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We love storytelling. It's, it's such a powerful tool, you know, psychology tells us in, in so many ways that that's the case. Yeah, and we, we actually offer a, a storytelling or a narrative workshop, we call it. So it is about, firstly, yeah, do uncovering what your audience are, you know, really being driven by when they come onto your site and by your brand, what their experience is. And, but also it's about understanding or, or trying to drill into what the story is. Mm. And that's the difficult part. I mean, we've done it for us and it is, you know, it is really, it takes a lot of time to kind of, and there's usually more than one story. There's usually the the brand story, you know, from the founder, you know, when, when there was only one person in the company all the way up to, you know, a thousand. Um, so that's often an interesting story, but that's something that can help connect users with the brand once they're in there. But we do need something that's more cohesive, that runs across the site and that, links up that journey for the user and really does take them on the journey because then they're going to be more bought into the brand they're going to be more likely obviously to then buy or sign up or whatever and they're also going to be more likely to advocate for the brand too so you know tell all their friends about it so storytelling is so powerful and the other the other really great thing is once you've identified that story it is makes it so much easier to write the copy on your website (laughs) and you know it it means that there's a focus a real important focus um and yeah that thread then just runs right through it seamlessly so yeah it's it's really powerful and you know we often talk about storytelling from video you know that video point of view or um or something else but yeah having it actually within the copy and making it cohesive and and smooth <laughs> just really brings everything together yeah big big advocate for story yeah that makes sense and, and i guess you know as you're telling your story to your audiences you're monitoring their response to those elements of the story presumably using those various techniques mm. whether it's gsr or eye tracking to see what kind of response they're having as you as you read out the story as it were 
Yeah, exactly. We can do. It's all about opt- continually optimizing a website. So yeah, if there might be tweaks, there's more than likely going to be tweaks along the way to get it just right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely about monitoring how people are reacting to it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think you know neuroscientific research and marketing and neuromarketing has been around for a little while hasn't it but i mm-hmm. i think quite often it feels like it's the domain of the bigger brands and mm-hmm. those with very deep pockets and certainly when we're talking about fmri it's bound mm-hmm. to be requiring some big budgets isn't it but mm-hmm. when we're looking at some of these techniques like eye tracking it's much more approachable isn't it for smaller brands and, and you know in your case applying those learnings specifically to website optimization i think is really interesting yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear about kind of the the impact that you've had with some clients are there any clients you've worked with where you've seen a particular uplift that you I suppose what's the question what are your creds <laughs> who has this worked for <laughs> yeah um so we've yeah we, we've we've started we've done sort of different things for different people different yeah. brands oh, gosh I'm trying, trying to think of stats off the top of my head but one that really stands out is a charity we um, we worked with we really tried to understand their audience charities are they're usually very complex because they have you know often four or five different target audience groups mm. and it's about really drilling into you know what those key drivers are um, and understanding the journey so we did customer journey mapping as well and that identified some opportunities so using behavioral science and psychology we yeah identified some opportunities which could really work for them and this isn't unusual for for charity websites nowadays but they had a um a really basic sort of you know donate button and page on their website and we thought well no this is just isn't connecting with people they don't know how much to donate they're not being guided they don't know you know, where that money is going, what it could pay for. So it was, we, we needed to kind of help guide them a little bit or just help them with that decision-making to make it easier for them and to make them more likely to donate as well. So what we did was we kind of made it look a little bit like a shop. We designed, we designed a solution to this and we made it look a little bit like a shop. So for, for te- if you donated £10, you'd get a blanket for, I think it was a, it was a sort of um, a homeless-type charity. Okay. They, yeah, so they were £10 would get a blanket, and then there was all sort there was a few other indications of what it could get you, and you just sort of clicked on it, and, and then it took you to the sort of checkout. So it was very much like a shop, it was all very intuitive and, and guided them. And also, we wanted to really try and prompt more monthly donations because that was something that the charity was really having well, would like more of because it's the certainty of those monthly donations, which, you know, makes it a bit easier for them. Mm. So, um, yeah, we incorporated a, a sort of nudge, a behavioral nudge. There's lots of nudges in, in that you can apply on a website. But, yeah, this one was to try and nudge them towards um, a monthly be- payment. And anyway, so this, this shop type page went live um, and we were able to provide a ROI within one month of I think it was around three thousand percent. So it it was a great result and continues to bring them lots of donations. So that was one really good one. And yeah, there's 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 a few others, but hopefully that gives you. Yeah, more. that's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good to hear of these things working, you know, and providing a measurable ROI. And in that 
instance obviously the uplift is in the donations and the recurring donations so exactly. it's really clear to see the measurable impact of your work which must be quite gratifying well, very that's the that's the main driver for us <laughs> and I was just thinking as you were as you were talking there as well about you know it must be quite difficult for you looking at websites because you must be looking at them all the time going oh what are they thinking with that <laughs> it is, yeah it makes you look at it with a real critical eye unfortunately <laughs> yeah, especially when you're shopping on your phone you know it's it's the, the most frustrating experience um yeah but we can't work with anyone and everyone unfortunately <laughs> yeah no no absolutely not um all i would say is please don't look at my website uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bootstrapped website okay so don't judge me <laughs> uh, Louisa thanks so much for exploring uh, neuromarketing neuroscience uh, and specifically how you're applying some of those techniques for website optimization I, I think it's a it's an, an area I don't, I don't want to say quick wins but it probably isn't quick wins when you've taken the time to go through a proper study and you know you've optimized it over time but measurable wins, I think, is probably a better way of describing it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's usually a mixture of those quick measurable wins and the long-term or strategic changes that need to happen to a website. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good combination of the both. Fantastic. If people want to find out more about you or Orange Grove and want to dig into this a bit deeper, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, yeah, come and visit us on our website, orangegrovedesigns.co.uk, um, or come and follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I, I do the most talking. <laughs> um, so Louisa Dunbar on, on LinkedIn. Um, we do an event, a neuromarketing event um, every quarter or so. We, we wait for the best speakers for that and, uh, and, and put it on. And I think the next one will be virtual, um, and I'll release the date on that very soon. So Ooh. do keep an eye on our events page on our website and on linkedin i definitely um, will uh, i do yeah. like um i do like a good neuromarketing event we had one a few years ago with a guy called tom noble he did a really nice talk on neuromarketing actually um, so yeah let keep me posted <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah we usually get scientists on board professors um as well um so that we can because academics can bring a lot to this field so um and, and you know keeps us uh, a bridge of new developments as well so yeah, yeah perfect. <laughs> and, I, and i guess the other place to find you is the b2b marketing shizzle which is where um, we first met isn't it yes <laughs> yeah great place <laughs> highly recommend it for the uninitiated it's a bi-weekly half an hour chat about b2b marketing on is it google meets or zoom or something yeah, I think it's moved to Zoom now, isn't it? Is yeah. it back on Zoom? Yeah, okay. So that's a good place to meet you as well. Uh, but Louisa, thanks so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. And yeah, hopefully we'll get to meet in person at some point, maybe when you have one of your events. Lovely. Thank you very much. <laughs>